Welcome to episode 69 of the Rabble Alliance podcast. Tim is looking at me like, ooh, 69, eh? Yeah, that's the the episode that we're on. One of them has to be. Exactly. So, (laughs) (laughs) it would have been far too conspicuous to have just skipped it. Yeah. And also, we're not children, so... No, no, no. How are you doing? Yeah, all right. Tired, but good. I think tired is like default... Setting, yeah. 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 But that's okay. We're alive. Yes. We're doing well. Yeah. Trappers is here as well. She's um, tired. She's very tired. Is she tired or is she giving us the uh, I love you squinty but eyes? Both. All she's done is sleep. She wants her dinner. She's too early. Don't mention the D word. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Get on with the pod. Stop error. talking about that. That was an <laughs> error. There are lots of words we can't say out loud yeah. since she gets... Like T-R-E-A-T-S. Yeah. Well, like some dogs, if you, you can't say... She's not a dog. Walk. No, I'm saying like dogs. Like <laughs> yeah. You can't say walk. You right. have to spell it out. Because if you say walk, then they get really excited. Yeah. Yeah? That's the thing. Yeah, I yeah, just it made is. that it up. Is. No, no. Okay, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, my mum's uh, dogs. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was thinking. I remember yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like you can't say that you have to say the W. You have to spell it out. But I feel like word. eventually they understand the spelling as well. They I think must. it got to a point where socks your your older dog. Yeah, he didn't knew care. the time. And also, like you had to literally drag him out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get when out was, on the street he and he would just lie, lie yeah. flat and just relax his entire body so that yeah, because he just he wanted dead to. Weight. Uh, yeah, he, yeah. He was done with life at that point, I think. Yeah. Bless and him. Yeah. yeah. He was a good boy. He was a very good boy. Right, well, we're back. Yeah. And uh, we ain't talking about Star Wars today. No. Oh, no. But, you know, that's fine. I, was, I, I thought I was leading somewhere, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> You're out of practice. I had like a massive brain fart. That's fine. We did watch Hamilton on yeah. Disney Plus recently. Yeah. We yeah. were lucky enough to watch Hamilton um, on the West End stage when it first opened. Um, so I highly recommend once theatres have reopened, yeah, if you live it. somewhere where it's it's showing, to try and get tickets. Yeah, because or it does... even if you don't, travel in if you can. Yeah, if you have the opportunity, do not pass it up. It's because... the best, uh, best theatre performance I've ever seen. For sure. Of any category. Yeah. And to be fair, I thought that the, the filmed versions with the original Broadway cast was also um It was very good, but it's, but it's not like the real thing. No, Which is no. exactly why it's a good advert for the theatre. It's not like, okay, I've seen Hamilton on Disney+, Plus, therefore I don't need to see it at the theatre. No, yeah. you do need to see it at the theatre because they're very different experiences. It is. It's a massively different experience. And the biggest difference, and you'll see how all the dots connect. Yeah, dear. Um, on the Broadway version or the Disney, pl- the one that we watched on Disney Plus, at the end of the show. So spoilers: if you haven't seen Hamilton and you want to skip two minutes or something ahead, so you don't want to spo- uh, spoiler. Um, right at the end of the show, so like the sort of the final moment of the show is Eliza Hamilton yeah. looking into like the middle distance and yeah. gasping like a yeah. really big like <gasps> gasp. Yeah. And that didn't happen. No, it didn't. Yeah, so no. we did, that didn't happen on our, no. in our the version that no. we watched. And so I was like curious about that because I didn't I didn't really get it at first. Um, and there was a, a YouTube video, or was like they had like a um, to promote Hamilton on Disney Plus. There was like a, a live stream Q and A thing with um, the original cast yeah. and Thomas Kale, the director. And um, he confirmed that that moment, because someone asked a question about it, and he confirmed that that moment was never um, written oh. into the script. And it's something that um, every actress who plays Eliza brings something different to it. Right. And it's like a moment that evolved sort of organically yeah. that um, the director, Thomas Kale and Lin-Manuel Miranda just sort of loved and went with it. Yeah. Um, so there is no 
definitive answer as to what it means. It's like it means something different to every actress who plays yeah, Eliza. But as I say, we didn't get that in our. Home. No, but yeah. and then it also so presumably she just wasn't feeling it. Right. Okay. <laughs> but because it's not actually written in, so it's not no. like you're missing out something that was meant to be in the show. Yeah. Um, and you know the it's oh so the moment is open to audience interpretation. And I'll be honest, I didn't like it. That's fine, but I think the point is that it's open to audience interpretation and Thomas Keller, director, I think really actively encouraged that sort of open interpretation. Yeah. Um, some people, you know, would be like, oh, so she, so, you know, she's seen something and that's why she's gasping or, and some people would interpret it as she's, um, you know, that she's died and now she's going to the afterlife or she's being reunited with... Alexander or blah blah, yeah. blah blah and that got me thinking about another ending that on the surface was ambiguous and um, split audiences and was hotly debated mm-hmm. and I guess to some degree it st- still is now yeah. and that is the ending to Inception mm-hmm. and I very often think about the ending to Inception uh, <laughs> and I feel like my <laughs> my view on the ending changes the older I get so, yeah. and I feel like because it's the film is 10 years old this year. That's crazy. It's, it's it feels of, like 20 years ago. Yeah. You know? It feels like a, a good point to revisit the ending and just to sort of check in with myself and be like, how do I feel about the ending to Inception? Have my views changed on it? Yeah. And um, yeah, I think that they have. And I think that it helps that we rewatched it um, recently. Yeah. So... Do you want to talk about Inception generally, or do you want to just plow on through? That was my little preamble. That was my. Let's just very briefly. Let's just very. Let's just very briefly talk about Inception as a film. Right. First of all, how did you feel? Because we haven't rewatched it in a while. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. been a few years. It's been a few years. Do you think that it holds up? So we did. So we did rewatch it this week. Yeah. Yeah, I, just in case it sounds like we just haven't watched it in a few years. Oh, no, no, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so we this most recent we rewatch. We did watch was, it yeah. this week. Um, and uh, yeah, it definitely holds up, in my view. Yeah. I think it's uh, it doesn't look dated. Um, it doesn't feel dated as a concept or a film. Um, and in some ways I enjoyed it more this time than previously because even though I saw it a number of times previously, yeah, um, I felt like I sort of understood it more this time. Yeah. Even though I understood it before, I just felt like I was Did spotting... It hit different? Yeah, I was spotting things which I didn't spot previously. Same. Uh, well, in my, in my things, under- like, Well, yeah, just in my understanding yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of the film. And... Uh, it's just, it's a really good film, and and as I was watching it, I was thinking, Christopher Nolan really is good, isn't he? Like he's not because in the past, like in the past few years, I've thought Christopher Nolan. I feel like he's overrated. I just right. sort of felt like he was overrated, and I think part of that is the aftermath of Dark Knight Rises, yeah, um, which was a terrible film, but he, you think about. Memento, uh, The Dark Knight, Batman Begins, which as a kind of beginning film for a franchise is very good. Uh, think about Dunkirk. Yeah. Um, and obviously Inception. And, and um, oh, what is it called? The name always eludes me, but The Magician Film. The Prestige. The Prestige. Oh, there you go. Forgot about The Prestige. Yeah. That's so good. I, I went to the cinema to see that. and I, It's one of my favourite films, actually, from like that period of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, incredible film. And he's just he's just very good. And I'm really excited for Tenet on, a, on another note. I think that's <laughs> going to be... get to it. Well, uh, it should be next month. Uh, yes. Next month. But, yeah. Like, I don't think he's overrated. I think... Some of his films are overrated. Yeah. But that doesn't mean... I think apart he's from the Dark Knight, filmmaker. The Dark Knight Rises is the only film he's made where I thought, this is a bad film. 
yeah. there were still good things about it, and that's the it's thing. It's a good-looking like, film. It's yeah, a well, it's, it's a well, well directed. It's well shot. It's well scored. Yeah, but it's just from a written. story yeah, point of view, written. it's just garbage. Yeah, but I feel yeah. I mean, you could sort of like I'll give him a pass because it's not the story he wanted no, to tell. No, um, obviously, sadly, but he still yeah. made it. Um, no, for sure. And, I mean, and, he didn't and, have, and he could have told that he story, could, he ha- but he, he fucked it up. Yeah, basically, he didn't have the balls to. Well, I guess it's not about balls. I guess he was contracted. You know what? They he, shouldn't have made it. They should have just. Well, Dark even Knight, if he made that, it, that he it. finished it cheaply. I think it could have been a really good film, but he decided to put in the most stupid and absurd of twists, which just ruined the whole thing. That was just. If that twist wasn't there, and the whole Dumb. time it was, like, Bane was Bane, and, like... Yeah. That would have worked. I don't understand what we were meant to feel, like, because I felt nothing. It was like, the reveal was just like, was, this is dumb. It was stupid, and it completely took away from the impact that Bane had in the film. It just, yeah, it was just, uh... You can tell that it was, like, a, a sort of a patch job. Yeah, because it, it had, was not... It had very little... It wasn't even really a sequel to The Dark Knight. Like, apart Not from... Really. Apart from no, Rachel. No, yeah. Like, that... Tying up that sort of yeah. loose end. It didn't really address... Anything. And I know that, I guess... R- really, you could argue The Dark Knight wasn't really a sequel to Batman Begins. But it no. was, in a sense. Yeah. And the problem is as well that, that Bane was such a compelling character and Tom Hardy's performance... I don't think he was a compelling the... character. I just thought he was funny. Well, he was funny, but he was also compelling. As a Because oh, you're no, interested. I disagree. Well, okay. No, I, I think he was engaging in the yeah, sense yeah, that engaging. it was okay, like... Fine. Maybe not compelling, but you engaging. Know. <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he was an interesting character. And then as soon as you find out that he's not the one who escaped the pit... And it was actually fucking uh, Marion Cossiard. Ra's al Ghul's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. That's dumb. That's stupid. Like, and I liked in the film, I liked that it was more about Batman's identity. Because at the end of The Dark Knight, he's solidly decided on what his identity is. And it's basically to be the hero that nobody sort of... That, that he can't be if he's publicly a hero. He kind of has to be a hero in the shadows and kind of carry all of that. And that's great. Yeah. But then The Dark Knight Rises, he's kind of all crippled and stuff. Um, he doesn't really have conviction anymore. Bane is introduced as a character who's kind of the antithesis of that and has all this conviction. And then at the end, the film itself doesn't have conviction because it just bails out on this cheap twist which has no place the only thing I will and, and say... No, no setup either. There's no setup for it. No. The only the only thing I will say about Dark Knight Rises was bef- going into it, I thought I would really like hate um, Catwoman and I ended up not minding her. I, I didn't mind her, but again, she was a pointless character. Yeah. Like, she was no, pointless. No, I, I, was I, a pointless I really addition. thought that I was going to sort of have a visceral um, reaction. And I was like, no, she's fine. I had a bit of a visceral reaction. I just really? thought, why, like, yeah, I just, especially the, the, when you first encounter her as Selena Kyle in the mansion, and she's stealing the pearls, mm. I just... She is a like, cat burglar. I know, but the whole, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm stealing the pearls, and uh, it's just like... I don't it, know why you put it on that voice. Because that's is that your impression that, of her? Well, it was my impression of the situation, which oh, okay. is like, ooh, I'm Catwoman. Like, not Catwoman yet, but like, ooh, I'm a thief and I'm cat-like and I'm like, look how sleek I am. And it's just like... You know no. what? I just clocked right this second what? that Ben Mendelsohn is in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Yeah. Completely Do forgot. You feel in charge? Yeah. I was just thinking about that moment. I was like, oh yeah, shit, it's Krennic. Yeah. See, that was a fucking good scene as well. You felt the gravitas of Bane in that scenario. Yeah, like, up to a point, he felt like... Uh, the thing is, when you're following... I've got to watch that Joker, again. We need to watch that again, babe. No. We, okay, well, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be watching <laughs> Absolute waste of my time. I know what happens. Like, when you're following Joker in Dark Knight Rises, who was the perfect foil for yes, Batman, Yes. Yeah. Bane is like, you know... It's tough because it's just, it's not the same. But I did, I did like that, you know, less than halfway through the film, 
he cleanly breaks his back into and just takes him out of the yeah the picture so that he like Batman or like Bruce Wayne I guess had to sort of win another way yes I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, maybe I'm reading it. Like, no, 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 no. That maybe is, that's a that is true. Take, I mean, but... I mean ba- the Joker represented the complete opposite of, of Batman in a way, which is that he's completely. He just doesn't care about anything. But Bane was kind of the opposite side of the coin of Batman, someone of equal or greater conviction, but just in, in a different in approach. Yeah, in a different approach. Because Batman starts out. With Ra's al Ghul. Yeah. In Batman Begins and the League of Shadows. Well, they both were, weren't they? Uh, that was yeah. the point. Yeah. But then the difference is, is that Ra's al Ghul ended up being a nutcase. Yeah. In Batman's eyes. Yeah. Because he was going to, like, kind of destroy a whole part of the city, pretty much, in order to achieve certain things. Mm. Kind of like there was a debate about ends justifying the means. Bane with a similar situation, so... Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, this isn't about Batman, but I we okay. No, 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 just before we go on, we're watching Dark Knight Rises. You're watching. Dark no, no, Knight we both Rises. are. I, I want don't you to see watch it. it. I've seen it. What if I watch it and I say you need to watch it again? Would you believe me and watch it? No, because I remember it. It's not like I've I've yeah, seen but it I more than once. Parts of Inception, but I felt differently about no, it. No, but time. then I just didn't like Dark Knight Rises. I don't see. I don't okay. see any value right, okay. in watching it. Oh, fine, fine, fine. But anyway. Um, yeah. I think, looking back at Christopher Nolan's work, um, I really appreciate that he's he's a filmmaker that, you know, apart from Batman, he is interested in making uh, or telling original stories. Yeah. Um, so that's great. But, like, for me, I sort of think Inception... I don't want to say Inception is his best work I don't know maybe I'm not I'm not ready to commit Dark to that is his best work mm, no in terms of if you take the Batman trilogy out of it yeah. do you know what fuck it I think I'm, that's it note the date and time I'm calling it today I think Inception is his the, his best work so far just in terms of like how tight it is and the best realised vision because I think um, Memento is fantastic as well, and I think it holds up. Um, yeah. But in terms of a sort of like s- smart and accessible and challenging um, sort of big blockbuster action movie, I think Inception delivers, and yes. it still delivers. And yeah, it has weaknesses. It's not a perfect film by any no. means. Because I think, personally, I think that the design of the third level of the dream is shit. Like, the, when they're in the snow bit. Or that, that level, I thought, was lazy. Like, just from a design perspective, I felt like it could have been more visually interesting. It just looks a bit It blair. was a bit lazy, but at the same time, I, it didn't bother me. No, no, no. It's, if, you're, if you're going to be hypercritical then I would say I would say that's a criticism for me but if we're going to talk about my least favourite um, Christopher Nolan no, this is film, where you get controversial because I know exactly what you're going to say yeah but this you, is um, this is where people I don't care like yeah. I'm sorry but I really did not like Interstellar oh sorry oh, fuck I forgot about Interstellar yeah. I was like I know there's one I'm missing I did not like I thought you were going to say Dunkirk oh no um, I like Dunkirk yeah yeah Interstellar I need to watch again. Okay. I need to yeah. Watch notes. I need to watch again. I did not. Do you want to watch that again? No. <laughs> the... I, I didn't like Interstellar. Interstellar, I found to be really emotional. Did you? I found it to be completely dead. Interstellar, I found, especially the beginning, really emotional. I just thought it was like a... It's a poor man's 2001 Space... Like, 2001 Space Odyssey exists, and... I feel like it's too it, it's the, okay. too close to paying homage. Do you the know what I mean? That, it's the like there's that, one thing being inspired by, and then there's Interstellar, which yeah. is the closest you can get to ripping off. But it's actually nothing a like two thousand one. Oh, I don't know. It's nothing like two thousand one. The fact that it gives you two thousand one vibes, but it's nothing like mm. it, is actually praise. 
disagree. But anyway, so uh, that's the, the, we're here to talk about like the ending Inter- of Inception Inter- Inter- specifically. Interstellar, but Interstellar, I feel like I did not like. I liked Interstellar. It was a bit meandering, and I don't like the robot. Like, the weird robot, which is basically just, like, two sticks. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that. That was too weird for me. But I also don't get the ending. And I need, that's why I need to watch it again. Because, like, Matthew McConaughey's in the wall the whole time. Or some shit. He's in the bookcase. I don't fucking know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. He's yeah. not in the bookcase. It's... Okay, no, 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 okay. I'm, I'm not going to tell it. you. I'm going to watch it again. You don't remember I need to, it. I need to figure it out for no, myself. No, you don't remember my it. Mind. Watch the film. Okay. Just right. watch the but, film. But anyway, I do like Interstellar. Okay. I, but so that's my controversial opinion. Okay. I thought you were going to say I Dunkirk. Really didn't like. I think my least favourite one of his is Dunkirk. No, I liked... Uh, uh, apart from Outside Batman, uh, Dark Knight Rises. I like Dunkirk. I like Dunkirk, but I just don't care at the same time because yeah, it wasn't no, it wasn't a unique original story i don't feel like i was moved by dunkirk but i enjoyed it and i feel like it's you yeah. know yeah. the best part of dunkirk was the beginning right okay where it's just like one or two soldiers like in that old french town yeah and like i stupidly bought popcorn on the way into the cinema You're an idiot. and as soon as the film started i just couldn't eat it do you remember we were watching um Dunkirk in that screen that has those 4DX seats. Yeah. And there were people in the 4DX in seats. And I was like, oh, maybe they didn't realise and they were just sat in there in error. But nope. When, it, when like, before the film starts, it tells you... And we didn't know we were in a 4DX screening, but yeah. it's not... It's only, like, a few rows that are mm. those seats. So we obviously have never done it and I don't think we ever will. Um, no, it, because, Before no. the film starts, it tells you, like, oh, you can now, con- like, turn up the controls or adjust the controls on your seat. Um, so I was like, oh shit, they are actually, you know, going to do this. Fine. The film starts and like <laughs> off the bat, it's basically like sort of really, really like loud gunfire, isn't it? It's like... Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it's the like bullets that. are whizzing past you. Yeah. Really. And it feels, <laughs> it feels like it's so loud as well. You can feel it like thudding in your chest and they're sat in those seats and all you can hear as well and see, I can see in my peripheral vision, <laughs> the seats like shaking about. Yeah. And stuff. And so I don't see how this is meant to replicate what's happening on screen because there's a bunch of people running from, you know, gunfire. Yeah, get on a fucking treadmill. It was just distracting. But I just thought, like, surely 4DX is created for films like Mission Impossible. It's created for losers who can't get, who don't know how to actually enjoy a film. Yeah. That's who it's created for. I'm not, that's not me shitting on Mission Impossible. I don't think, I think Mission Impossible are. No, it's shitting on the 4DX uh, concept. But, you know, it's like, Mindless action film. I just think... But... Yeah, it's like if you went to see Hacksaw Ridge and they've got a 4DX seat. That's just sick. Yeah. Also, I don't think I could ever watch that film ever again. No, I could never watch that. That disturbed me. I thought it was going to be sick. <laughs> Do you remember? I was like, it there was, was that so one scene gory. when they first went up there. And then that fucking... I think it was like a half-dead Japanese guy. Um, and he like... suddenly like... He suddenly sits up like with this like piercing scream and then he just basically gets machine gunned to death in his face yeah it and wasn't it even was that like, it was the I bits where was, it's like the people sick. were like wounded but they're still alive yeah but they're lying on the battlefield and their guts yeah. are literally their intestines yeah. are spilling out and they're screaming and it's just the camera goes past really slowly you can see it and it's like and i'm i I think i have a strong stomach i wasn't feeling sick but i was just, at some point I thought I had been desensitised to stuff like that yeah. until I saw Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. And I was like, ooh. The thing is, Mel Gibson deserves some Gory. plaudits for that film because he's actually... Oh, no, no, I don't He's actually I feel really like good, it's an average film. Yeah, I don't think it was a great film, but I do think it did it, it did what it was intended to do really well. The first half Which of was it, to show the horror of it, like, that was just a how film horrific... That was like two halves. Yeah, but, it, but that's why it worked so well because it was this contrast. And it, to show the horror of war, which again, I agree, I've been desensitized to, to a certain extent. I think most people have. To have a film where that desensitization doesn't occur mm. because you really feel like, wow, this is actually, this is a horror. And yeah. most war films aren't created as horror films, really. They're created as war films. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas this felt like a horror film. 
because it was horrific and it was terrifying. You gave you a real sense. I mean, just the way the whole thing was done with they're all climbing the netting basically to go and die. Yeah, but I think that there needs to be a. I think he, you need to strike a balance, and his was was too lopsided. But that's why it works. That's why mm. like it sticks out. Well, in my no, mind. because that's all you see, or that's all I remember from it. I don't remember yeah. the story. But that's great. What do no. I remember? I remember that war fucking sucks and is horrible. Yeah, but you knew that going in. No, but it's you not like you learnt that because of that film. No, but you don't know it because you're desensitized no, to it. So know. now you see that film, it's like, it's not war. You know, war isn't just oh you might get shot and yeah there's a bit of blood spurting out and you die. No, war is you get half your head fucking blown off. Yeah, I think the and that was an important message. I think it was a reminder. I don't know. I'm gonna back 1917 as. Um, like it's, what? A, it's a completely different. No, film. no, but I'm saying in terms of a war film that gets the balance right and is actually a very intimate story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and has like violence and stuff, but is that's not what it's about. No, it's not what it's about. Um, it's about Roger Deakins' cinematography. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so Inception. Yeah. Still holds up. I. Yeah. Apart from like the you know sort of disappointing visuals of the uh, the third level of the dream, I sort of felt like it's it's quite lean. Like the, it's not flabby. Usually no. there's like you could be like oh you can just cut all you that know out why you know why it's not flabby but... because they spend so long. Actually, what I didn't realize was so much of the film was setting up the actual uh, mission that they had. Well, the mission is most of the film. No, That's, no, it's not. It is. It's not. Because Most the of the film the is beginning, setting up. No, the beginning is... Um, think about it. The beginning is assembling the crew. And that's always fun. So you assemble the crew. It's very early on. It's like right at the beginning of the yeah, film. Yeah, but it's not... No, right at the beginning of the film. The guy's like, I'm hiring into. you to do Inception. And he's like, get your crew yeah, together. But, that's right at the beginning. But you're forgetting how much of the film that actually takes up. No, but up. And then the film, the dream, or the actual mission is three levels of dreaming. But it's, that actually, takes but it's up. only about half the film. No. It's only about half the film. Okay, anyway, it doesn't. Yeah. It's irrelevant. But well, I don't think it is irrelevant because I'm sort of I'm using it to agree with you, which is that most films like this, the like that if someone else did that film, the vast majority of the film would be the mission, and it would have all this fat attached to it because that there'd, there'd be more fighting, more gun stuff, more stupid shit. Whereas there's plenty of that in Inception. But so much of the film is the kind of setting up of the mission, the human, the relationships, the kind of exploration of what would this be like if it was actually possible, you know, in real life. It really gets you to think about it. Um, Hmm. And I think when you then think, well, only half of the film is the actual, when you also take off the ending, like when the mission is done, only half the film is about the actual mission or within the mission. Yeah. I think that's really... And just the diversity of the characters as well. Like, the idea that you need, like, a kind of a forger to be able to properly recreate and simulate different things. Like, Tom Hardy's character is brilliant. Yeah. Um, I just think, like, even, like, roles... Like, Cillian Murphy's role is not... Or is it Killian? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Irish, his, yeah, his role is not is important for the story, but he doesn't like. It's not the role you're like supposed to be invested in, but his performance, like, just works so well. Yeah. By making you invested in that character, even though that character is just an excuse for the other characters to exist, basically. Yeah. And you really root for every single character. You root for the businessman who probably actually is just as evil as, you know, Killian Murphy's dad. Yeah. But you're rooting for him because you feel like there's a kind of, uh, something relatable. Right. Yeah. You see, this is why I find these chats interesting because, like, <laughs> I completely I agree that that you know. That's a completely valid reading of yeah. the of the film. That's not my reading of the film. It's no, just, no, no, but yeah. as in, like, I uh, for me, Inception is this is like a, a brilliantly um, crafted story about 
grief and guilt and that the rapper is uh. this really cool concept about um you know an i uh, stealing ideas in dreams and the idea you can plant an idea mm-hmm. if you can steal an idea then you could plant an idea right and yeah but that but that's that's just saying. that's how i am that's how i approach <laughs> fiction no yeah, but i'm saying yeah. it's cool it's not there's no right or wrong yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's just interesting yeah. that we could see we can watch the same and we've been together a really long time and have like lots of shared interests and watch the same thing <laughs> and at the I same time. I come out of the film and say, yeah, Tom Hardy was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah, it's really cool about this businessman and the, you know, he's a forger and blah, blah, blah. But I no, think, I don't I mean, I'm, you, not, I think, I'm not no, trying no. to shit on what you're saying. No, no, I'm just no, saying no. that it's... it's... And, and I, I, I completely agree and accept and also experience what it is you're saying, what your point is in the film. Yeah. And... And maybe this is where you can draw that point to the ending. Yeah, because I do because, want to get to the yeah, ending because yeah. um, I'm sure, like every time we record, you want to get to the end of this show. So no, that's not what I was trying to do. In I was order just to get to, to the I was, end no, of the I was show, just trying to use it as a as a way to uh, to make that link because I think that was a good place to do it. I'm not saying that you have to hurry up and do it. Oh no, I made the link at the beginning of the show when I talked about the end of Hamilton and linked it to Inception. I know, uh, but nobody that was my knew jumping what you were talking point. about. Yeah. Yeah, they did, because I explained it to them. Okay. Yeah. I was trying to keep it snappy, babe, because you thought I couldn't. So, and this time you were the waffler. I know, but I forgot about you Interstellar and waffled. stuff like that. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot the name Prestige. Do you know why? Because ah, in my head, I was like, so ah, the illusionist was a shitty version. Uh, but I just couldn't, just I just that couldn't that remember. Is su- that's such a bad Prestige. film, it's a joke. Yeah, no, but, but yeah, prestige is like, yeah, yeah, Dr. Angier. But okay, so the well, not end. Not Dr. Angier, just Angier. The end of Inception. Um, we watched it in the cinema, and I imagine this was the case around the globe at screenings. Yeah. You know, the finally mission accomplished, he goes home, he, his kids are there, he turns the totem, the spinner, and then with that Hans Zimmer music in yeah and it's like you know you're zooming in so he he turn, turns his back goes to see his kids you zoom in on the um, totem is it toppling over is it not hard cut to black end of the film everyone in the cinema at the same time went ah! yeah I, yeah yeah <laughs> I think I said I, I think I, fi- I, I swore I yeah I think swore. you did yeah um, but yeah obviously you know, I imagine Christopher Nolan, that was the, in- that was the intended of effect. Yeah, yeah. And it worked very well. Yeah. But the but it, question is... I always is, felt like it was always toppling over. Yeah, but, there the, was that's, a but that's the wobble. question. I think yeah. it's like, you know, for the last 10 years, people have debated, um, there, there are lots of fan theories about whether or not um, that is reality and, that, you know, and that Dom Cobb, is, is he dreaming or not? Did he make it out of yeah. um, the dream? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think that the ending is not as ambiguous yeah. as people have made out. Yeah. And I think that all of the information is in the text. And if you just watch the film, you know, just watch it now and it's all there. Like, I don't think he was trying to do it, you know, he wasn't trying to be cheeky or, or trying to sleight of hand you or the audience or anything. Um, I think it is clear that that is reality and that he is no longer dreaming. And that's my position now. My position for a while was that it doesn't matter. Uh And that was the point. Yeah. Um, Because that's your natural melancholy disposition. (laughs) Be that as it may. (laughs) I'm not going to say you're lying. (laughs) But yeah, I, I, I felt for a long time that the point was it doesn't matter that because he turns away he doesn't want right. to see yeah he doesn't care anymore yeah yeah and so ultimately that's you know that's what it is i thought it was like a sort of a uh you know a commentary on the idea of reality and it yeah, is yeah, what yeah. we make it and it's yes. like if he decides in that moment yes. that the reality is this and he can be with his kids then it's irrelevant yes which is essentially the reality that uh mole his wife yeah. uh, 
was okay with. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that, and I think that reading. That's a fair still, reading. Yeah, I yeah, think that I, reading still stands. You still read so into bad, it. it. Yeah, but yeah. now I'm. I feel more confident to. Um, or in my view that actually there is a definitive end to the story and that is that he and and it's not like um you know dunkirk or memento that has like a non-linear sort of like topsy-turvy timeline i do think that it is a straightforward story and the end of this story is he um you know he actually is successful in completing the mission he does in he's the only person ever to do in or to perform inception twice successfully yeah. Yeah. and he gets to go home and he gets to see his kids happy ending yeah. okay. and why do you say that you're so sure so if we're going to go through the clues or the evidence in the film mm-hmm. to sort of support that the first thing i would say and i think it's probably the most important thing yeah is when you told me this or if this okay so people yeah. i think people put a lot of false emphasis on the totem yeah. and they forget that it's very clearly stated in the film that that totem is not his it is his wife's right now yeah the whole yeah, point when you of told the totem, me this, this blew my mind yeah so yeah, the whole yeah. point of the totem yeah, yeah. is that's how the person knows whether or not um they are in the dream uh, they're dreaming or they're awake yeah now therefore for dom it has absolutely it doesn't work in that way because no. it's not his no so he knew how it worked i guess but ultimately the totem for Dom is a symbol of the journey that he's on trying to get over what happened to his wife. That's what it is. He's working through his guilt. And I think it's clear throughout the whole film that Dom has never... that It was Mould that had the problem distinguishing between reality and dreaming. Dom never did. Yes. And that is why he the first instance of Inception was him trying to protect her mind. But then what's the, what's the importance? Like, why does he often spin the totem after a kind of an episode? Like, when he tries the really strong dream stuff, when yeah. they're testing out the I, drug, and he's like, he's frantically spinning Yeah, the... personally, I think it's sort of like Chappers. a tick. It's okay. She can be noisy for now. Yeah. I, th- I think it's it serves more like a, a sort of a visual tick. Like Maybe. a, yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess to some degree, it's, it's maybe, kind of slight of hand. yeah, like yeah. slight, you know, may, not meant to be like massively misleading, but you know, it, there has to be some mystery or there has to yeah, be yeah, yeah. some thing yes. to resolve and, and to uncover. Yeah. But I don't think um, that that is what it is that he's no. actually, um, you know, dreaming. And another thing is, that I noticed as well, um, in the dreams, or when he's dreaming, he is wearing his wedding ring, and when he's awake, he's not. Yeah, that when you told me that, that blew my mind. Yeah, so at the end, when you see him, um, you know, spin the toe, or when he's back at home, um, he's not wearing a wedding ring. Also, the kids are wearing different clothes. Right. Also, his dad is never in the dreams, so Michael Caine's yes. character, yes. he's never in the dreams, but he's there. Um, yeah. in reality yeah. and re- I mean just the totem is falling just because it cuts what do you mean what just because it oh yeah right it's it a Schrodinger's cat yeah. yeah it is a Schrodinger's yeah. cat it's yeah. like you know is the, the cat in the box dead right unless you see it yeah 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 and it's you know it's like yes. yeah yes just because you don't see it topple over doesn't mean that's right. not what's happening oh yeah yeah of course yeah so that is my um that's my pitch for, for. So you think the his totem of... is the wedding ring? Yeah, obviously that. If you're going to go into fan theory, like what is his totem? Then because it's never discussed. Wait, I would. You say I would he wears say... his ring in real life. No, no, he's not wearing it. But then in ha- the dream, but then it, he's but then wearing it, it. But then it can't be a totem. Not having a ring can't be a totem. No, but I'm saying it's like he doesn't use his totem anymore. Oh, he just doesn't use yeah. his totem. Yeah, what oh, okay. his totem right. is is irrelevant. It doesn't right, matter. Right, right. Ultimately. The whole point is that the spinner is not his totem. It was... Yeah. Yes. His wife's. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that uh, that's my case. And I think it's a pretty compelling case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I think it is fair to sort of say, well, you know, ultimately it 
uh, doesn't matter because he saw his kids. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's, yeah. But and then it's like, and that's fine. But I think what I sort of accepted on further viewings is that that reading is legitimate, but it doesn't really work with the mechanics of the film. Like the, okay. the film has set has set up enough yeah. evidence to show that it is reality. Yes. So that you don't have to be like, well, right. have some sort of like uh, metatextual reading of it. Yeah. Um, but that's my view anyway. I think it's like one of those, either way, it's a, you know, a great way to, to end a film. Yeah. Or... I, I agree. I think it was a brilliant way to end it. Especially as the first time you watch it, it is more about, is it real or not? Yeah. The first time you watch it. Um, but yeah. Sorry, Champers is trying to eat plants that she's not allowed to eat because they will make her sick. Champers, uh, stop being naughty. So, have you changed your mind on the? I've changed my mind in the sense that I now think it's an even better film than I did. Yeah. Because the first couple of times I watched it, uh, well, all the times until this time. I thought this film is needlessly complicated. Yeah. And, you know, kind of maybe a bit self-indulgent. Okay. Um, not a lot, but just a little bit in terms of how intelligent it thinks it is. Yeah. Um, but actually, um, I think there's... I think it's... No, I think it's an inc- incredibly good film. And definitely five stars and definitely... If someone hasn't seen it, it's definitely a film I, w- I would say people have to see. It's kind of, it's a modern classic in many ways. Oh, for sure. I think it's aged really well. Damn. Um, sorry, this is like really shoddy recording, but we have a very, very naughty cat. And um, yeah, it's quite difficult to carve out a time where we can just lock ourselves somewhere and... Because then she'll just be in the Exactly. The so there's no way of doing it when she's in the house and she doesn't go out no so it's no, just impossible so you're gonna have to put up with yeah. um random stuff happening in the background but apologies for that <laughs> but yeah i think it's it does it has aged well it's nuts to think it's 10 years old uh also i think this it was one of those films and i guess it happens um whenever there is a film with like a sort of a high concept like inception you get the uh, part of the fan base, or not fan base necessarily, but part of the internet that sort of goes into why it's stupid. The Inception is shit because X, Y, and Z well, doesn't make sense. People did the same about... thing with Avatar as well. Yeah. So, like, those people, I think, are the the ones that... I, I'm, I'm, like, before I would sort of be hesitant to say so, but now I just don't give a shit. And I'm like, well, you just didn't get it. It's like you're just you're, you didn't but get. I think it's if that's what that you're taking, if that's yeah, if you go and watch that film I th- and you come out and you're like one star, but I, dreams that work in that way that doesn't make sense. It's like you don't well, you're not getting. I it. think most people who do that kind of thing aren't just not getting it; they're willfully not getting it because it's cool to say that it's stupid. But it's just such a bizarre. Yeah, but these like, people don't enjoy. Why films. would you? There is no value in viewing entertainment do you know what but I they mean they use entertainment as a way to fuel oh they find it entertaining things. to be to be overly negative yes, about, about things something yeah gosh that's so exhausting I would love nothing more well they than have to, nothing else to do I, so it's I, more exhausting genuinely I, I go into everything hoping that I love it more than anything I would yeah, love me too. every time I go and watch yeah. something it becomes my favourite film of all time oh, or whatever. I know it won't happen but that's I no. go in hoping that I'm yeah. blown away every time um <laughs> Yeah, it's like notepad and pen. It's like, well, clock said uh, two fifteen, <laughs> and then um, <laughs> you know, the shot goes back and it says four twelve. <laughs> <laughs> there are people like that, and there are some. It's like I think it depends sort of, on the film sort of, you're exact, making. No, that's true, you know? and I will, I will concede yeah. that there are some films that are so bad that the mistakes become obvious. Well, it's not just that. It's that if the film is actually so good, but then there's a mistake that's obvious, that's an issue. Yeah. Because it's, I think it's you a can real forgive, letdown. You can forgive 
things like continuity errors and, and stuff like that when the, a lot of the like big movie mistakes or whatever I never noticed watching yes was someone had to same. point it out yeah same. and that to me says it's like right well pfft, it didn't actually you know matter. yeah it's like oh what have you proven that a film was made by a bunch of human beings like well done you know yeah mistakes happen yeah. Uh, but the point is that I didn't notice when I was watching because I was engaged in the story yeah um, yeah. it's only when your mind wanders it's like if you're not really sort of invested in what's happening yeah. then you start to start look in the corner of the screen and like oh I wonder if I can see a boom mic and or like I notice that when I'm watching a film that I'm not really interested in or it hasn't really grabbed me whenever there is a scene where they're going past the windows I always try and look for the camera in the window in the yeah, yeah in the reflection and at that point I know it's like, not a very good film. Usually it's TV shows because I get I, I find it well, difficult to commit they, to TV they, shows. They don't, they can't really afford cinematographers. Yeah. But also I think I do find it difficult to commit to long form um, shows. Or like, you know, shows that have like 23 episodes a season and like 10 seasons. Stuff like that. Yeah, I don't it's have just, time I don't, for For me, it's like, you don't ha- you're not telling a story. Right, you're, you're, you're making money. Exactly. It's like, you make, you're making it up as you go along. Yeah. Whereas, I've, and I've, <laughs> the things that I love are the things where, and it's not to say that you can't do that and do it well, but you have to, the audience has to... Think about something the, like... The audience has to go watch it believing that you yeah. knew how it was going to end. That's, if you can convince yes, them that you yeah. knew how it was going to yeah, end, yeah, yeah. but you didn't and you made it up, whatever, it's well done. It's very clear that something like Vampire Diaries did not know how it was going to end. No. Shows um, like that, it's like they get... They get told that they're continuing for another season or they get renewed for yeah. another season and then they have to over the summer the writer's room it's like right these are the char- these are the characters we have let's make up some stories an interesting case Ozark Ozark really tight nice first season second season not as good not as tight third season not, not very good yeah, but at and least with Ozark, you're, it's only 10 episodes a season. Yeah, no, no, I know. And it's going to be, what, four seasons but altogether? But it's still the same concept. No, I know, so I agree, like, I agree. But I think that's less of a commitment. It is less you of a commitment. You don't feel like you've invest, you're investing that no, much. No, but it's, but it's about, it's not just about the amount of time, it's about the amount of emotional and mental investment that if you really like something and then they fuck it up, or don't hit the same heights that they could have done yeah. or should have done. It doesn't sit well with me at all. Well, I think we're all still recovering from the yeah disaster that was uh, Game of Thrones, but you know yeah that was a poor ending. Just called up a uh, whole season old uh, Christopher Nolan. <laughs> but anyway, let's not get into could have done that. Rise of Skywalker. We nearly went the whole show. Well, it is. I would like to point out that I didn't bring it up. Yeah, no, I'm just, you know, we're bringing up disappointments. Well, it's the logical thing to do. Well, on that note. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, two thumbs up still for Inception. Oh, yeah, five five stars, 100%. Yeah. I've got no. I I I think his, his best, his most accomplished film. And if I'm wrong, get in touch and tell me why. I would, uh, if I was giving a Rotten Tomatoes score, I would give it 95%, 96 if I'm generous. You know that Rotten Tomatoes is like a, that's an aggregate score. What? So when you rate a film, what do you do out of 10? No, so Rotten Tomatoes, just for the critics score, it yeah. takes into consideration all yeah, and what about audience score? My oh, my my issue is how do you give your score? I don't know. I've never done well, exactly. That. So let's presume that you give your score as a percentage. Oh okay. Or as an out of ten. Sure. Like I mean, it can't be out of ten because then you can't get percentages like ninety six percent. But maybe they aggregate the audience score as well. Maybe I'm just saying if I had to give a percentage out of a hundred. All right. Or I'd give nine point six out of ten. Or Okay, ninety six percent. So you're giving 
Inception, ninety-five percent. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, five percent is that bullshit snow place. <laughs> yeah. Well, five percent is just little things I would change, or not change. I mean, there are some things like yeah, I would change, but it's mainly just maybe the way some of it is written in terms of dialogue, and maybe change a little bit of dialogue occasionally. But it's as close. I don't think that film. I think it would have been very difficult to do that film better. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's the, you know, he's, he's now, um, like, cemented himself as, like, a filmmaker where largely ev- most people are excited to see what he does next. Yeah, like, it's like everyone's like, Yeah, it's like you, yeah, yeah, like, you don't care what it is. If you hear Chris, oh, it's a Chris, Chris Nolan, Nolan film yeah. coming out, yeah. you go and watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, you know, you don't go based on what you, what it might be about. You go no. because you think, right, this guy knows how to tell a story. Yes. Or make a good film. Um, Whereas even with a Tarantino film, I hesitate. Because there are Tarantino films that I don't think are that good. Like Hateful Eight. For me, it's, for me I... I'll still watch it, but I don't go in thinking this is going to be great. Mm. I mean, we should probably do an, a Tarantino episode, but I was gonna, I'll save it. I was going to say what I think my the weakest Tarantino film is, but oh, uh, it's probably something controversial. I think it will be controversial, but I'll say weakest. Let's not go there now. Emphasize emphasis on weakest, not least favorite. Maybe it is my least favorite as well. Shit. Let's tie up right. Thank you all for listening. Yeah. And that was fun. do something different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. More of this. Yeah. Yeah. We will mm-hmm. do that Avatar episode. Keep talking about oh, okay, it. Okay. Cool. Haven't done it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One well, day uh, we will. Well, report. it should be next because uh, are we committing we'll to next? To yeah. Okay. Next episode, whenever it's out, will be why Avatar isn't as shit as people are making out. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Tune in for that, and um, but I don't think it's shit at all, so I don't want it to be implied. Oh, well, this isn't the episode now, is it? All right, Jesus, right. Thank you again, (laughs) (laughs) and all that's left to say is, may the force be with you. Bye.